Thank you, Pastor Williams. Good morning and welcome to all our guests, visitors, and listeners on the radio today. We welcome back Pastor Dave Williams this morning, who is here today as our guest organist. There will be a carry-in tonight at the Ministry Center to visit with him and enjoy a meal together. From 5 to 6 will be the visitation hour, and starting at 6 o'clock, a dinner will be served. So if you plan to come, please bring a dish to share. Today at the Faith Alliance Church, Pastor Trent Flutterjohn will be ordained by the Christian and Missionary Alliance at 1030. Trent is the son of the church and served as our youth pastor here from 2006 to 2010. Next Sunday is a big Sunday. It's our fall kickoff in the parking lot immediately following church. There will be cookies, a bounce house, nine square, pony rides, and more. A portion of the parking lot will be blocked off, including the north entrance off of 219. Please rise and join me to the call to worship taken from Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Shout for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make the music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the sound of singing, with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea sound and everything in it, the world and all live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with hope. Now let us sing hymn number 262, Holy, Holy, Holy.
As the children come forward for children's chat, let's take this time to greet your neighbor. Thanks for the hug. Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. How is school going? Good. Good? Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So, I brought with me some tools. Who uses tools? My, my daddy and my grandma and grandma. Daddy? Me. You use tools? Yeah, I help daddy. Excellent. Excellent. A girl that uses tools is always good to have around. All right. So, I had a new room and I helped my grandpa make it. Cool. What do I have here? A hammer. What am I going to use a hammer for, Benjamin? Hammer nails in? Yep. All right. What about this? Screwdriver. Yeah. If we're going to build something, we need to have a screwdriver, don't we? All right. What about this? What do we have here? A pliers. Is this what a pliers is used for? No. No? <laughs> oh, you can cut wires with pliers. You're right. All right. What's my last tool I have in my little box? A wrench. What am I going to use this for? Tighten something up? Yep, tighten something up. Well, did you know that this church is like a toolbox? What do you think? Does it look like a toolbox? No. No? Reagan, you got it. We are the tools in the toolbox. God has a lot of jobs that need to be done, and he has given his people in the church different gifts and talents to be able to do those jobs. And we, everybody here, no matter how old or how young, we are God's tools. Okay? Um, To some, he has given us the music talent, like Pastor Dave over there. He's pretty good on that organ. And some people, he gave the gift of teaching. Some people, people, he gave the gift of helping people feel better. Okay? And so there is no one person in the church that can do everything. Just like there is no one tool in your toolbox that can fix everything. Okay? So God gave us each special gifts and talents. Okay? So as we grow, we try to figure out what those gifts and talents are. Okay, and at first, that gift and talent might be running fast or being good at a certain sport, but eventually we got to figure out how we can contribute to society and be able to use those gifts and talents to help people. Okay, so um, in Scripture, in 1 Colossians, it tells us there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. God gave us all of our gifts. There are different kinds of services, but we serve the same Lord. Just like God works in different ways, our tools in our toolbox work in different ways. But there is the same God who does all of the work within us because the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. Okay? So today, our sermon is all about our different, our different talents and gifts. All right? So... Let's say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all the tools we have in our toolbox 
both both the literal tools and the tools that God has given us here in this church. Because without each person in our church, we wouldn't be the church we are today. As we grow and, and mature, help us to figure out what we're good at so that we can do it to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Killed in Zabul province in Afghanistan, Sergeant First Class Dustin B. Ard, 31, from Hyde Park, Utah. Lost in our service in California, Personal Personnel Specialist First Class Michael Alvarez, 34, from California. Good morning. At this time, I want to invite you to stand and sing with us number 382 in your blue hymnals, Be Thou My Vision.
Amen. You may be seated. Once again, I just want to take a moment and, and welcome and thank Pastor Dave for being here with us this morning. It's a long trip from Pennsylvania to be here, but we're so glad that you're able to join us. And also grateful to God for your many years of ministry here at First Church in the past and pray for your continued ministry in Pennsylvania as well. So with that in mind, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer and not only thank the Lord for that, but also uh, consider the other needs that are before us this morning. Lord God, we do thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, none of us would be here without, uh, without your personal care and provision in our lives. Lord Jesus, you gave yourself for us. You laid down your life on the cross and, re- and, and took it up again from the grave, Lord, and are now alive and sitting at the right hand of your Father. And it's because of that, because of that sacrifice and because of that assurance of new life that we stand here and praise your name uh, through music, uh, through through the hearing of your word and, and exposition of your word and through prayer. And you've given us the gift of your Holy Spirit, which is alive and, and, and dwelling within us. And, and it's what brings us together in unity. And we thank you for that gift, Lord, because it means that we can worship not only together here in this place as one body, but you have joined us together with your body of believers throughout this world. And Lord, so we thank you this morning uh, for that gift of unity for that, that bringing together of your people. We remember this day as we, and we thank you for Pastor Dave and his ministry and, and so grateful, Lord, he can be with us here this morning to share his musical gifts once again here with this church. We also keep Pastor Trent in mind, Lord, and his ordination service happening later this morning. We thank you for his ministry here at this church in the past as youth pastor, for his his growing up here in this place, Lord, and, and, and look forward to the, the ministry you have in store for him both now and in the future that this ordination represents. Thank you for the calling you've placed on his life and pray for many years of, of faithful and fruitful ministry, fruitful ministry Lord, uh, in his life and with his family. Uh, Lord, we also uh, come before you with other uh, more pressing and more... more Heartfelt needs, Lord. We ask for your care and your provision uh, for healing for those in our community and our church that need it. You're the great physician, Lord. And we ask that you would work in and through the lives of, of the people who are in need, Lord. We know there are many who are sick, many who are feeling weak this morning. And we ask that your strength and your presence would be with them. We ask for wisdom and guidance for doctors and physicians, nurses, caretakers, all those who are responsible, Lord, for looking after the sick. And we pray for your blessing on them as well. And thank you for their selfless service in that way. Lord, we also uh, lift up those uh, who are affected by the recent violence in Texas. Uh, Lord, we ask for your healing to be with those who are injured. We ask for your grace and your comfort to be with those who lost loved ones. And Lord, once again, we ask for your peace and your presence to reign, not only in our churches, but also in, your, in this country and in our world. Lord, we also ask for uh, and thank you for the ability to give back to you. And in the offering we're about to take, we ask for your provision uh, for our church. We ask uh, for your blessing, even as we give, Lord, out of the abundance that you've blessed us with, Lord. We ask that you would provide for not only in the needs of our church, but also for those in our church family. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time as Adam Orbell bless us with some special music. is empty no more traffic in the streets the builders tools are silent no more time to harvest wheat busy housewives sees their labor in the courtroom no debate work on earth has been suspended as the king comes through the gate the king is coming the king is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding and now his face I see the king Line the hallway, those whose lives have been redeemed, broken homes that he has mended, those from prisons he set free, little children and the aged, hand in hand, stand all aglow, who are crippled. Broken, ruined, clad in garments white as snow. The King is coming, the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. The King. I can hear the chariots rumble, I can see the marching throng, and the flurry of God's trumpets 
It spells the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grandstands in place. Heaven's choir is now assembled as they sing amazing grace. For the King is coming, the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding and now His face I see. For our scripture reading this morning, our scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute gods. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. And another, distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of those tongues. 
All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Thank you, Maria. You may be seated. Before we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, to as we as we open up His Word together, I want to make one more announcement. I, I uh, was made aware of this morning. Um, Chris Sauer, who is the son-in-law of Adrian and Marilyn Cook, uh, passed away on Friday, August 30th, 2019. Uh, he'd been battling cancer, and so we ask that you keep his family, as well as Adrian and Marilyn and their entire extended family, in your prayers. Let's go, to the, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time, lifting his family up as well as asking God to guide us as we examine his word together this morning. Lord Jesus, you are the, the giver of life. And Lord, even in our darkest moments, even in moments of grief, we know that you are with us uh, to guide us as the good shepherd uh, through whatever challenges, uh, whatever uh, difficulties life sends its way. And so we pray for Chris. We thank you for... Uh, your presence in his life and in his family's life. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with them now as they mourn his loss. We ask for comfort and peace that can come only from you to be made known in their lives. Lord, as we turn our attention to your word now this morning, we ask for your presence to be with us here as well. May your spirit guide us as we examine your word, especially as it pertains to what spirit, the, the issue of spiritual gifts and what that means for us in our daily lives. We ask, Lord, that you would give me words to speak and you open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Before we jump right into the passage here in 1 Corinthians 12, I just want to share a few quick thoughts with you as we bring our summer sermon series to a close. Next week is kind of our official launch into the fall uh, as a church. We have our fall kickoff, which I hope you all are able to stick around and be a part of. It's a, it's a great time uh, uh, to just mark the start, the end of summer and the start of a new Sunday school year. So uh, it's going to be a great time. We're going to start a new sermon series next week, uh, beginning a look at the, the letter of 1 John uh, in the New Testament and examining what it means for us as, as the body of Christ to be connected in him and fellowship with God and with each other. But as we wrap up our sermon series today, I want to just offer a few quick thoughts on this tough question series that we've been doing. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of different questions, a lot of different topics. We've looked at uh, how, to, how to love people even when we disagree with them. We've looked at uh, uh, what the Trinity is. We've looked at um, some pressing questions from the book of Revelation, especially pertaining to, to heaven and hell and, and, and our final destination and, and, and the grace we have in Christ in light of all of that. Just a lot of different topics we've covered over the last few months. But the one pressing theme that I want to just reinforce with us this morning, I want, to, I want to make sure doesn't get lost in the midst of all of those questions, is the importance of going to God's Word uh, and, and finding our answers and finding our hope in Him. Uh, we're going to continue to have questions. We're going to have questions about our faith. We're going to have uh, doubts are going to creep in. Uh, we're going to have questions about how we live out our faith in practical ways and what does it mean for us to be a Christian in this community, in this culture. Those questions aren't just going to go away when a sermon series ends. Uh, and so as those questions continue to come up, as, as we continue to, to wrestle with what it means to live faithfully for Christ, I encourage you to, to take what we've done this summer and, and continue to apply it to your lives. And that is to be grounded in God's word and to allow that to be the foundation of our, of our faith and our practice. 
If nothing else, if you don't remember the specifics of questions that we've talked about this summer, I want to encourage you to remember that, to stay grounded in God's word, to, to find our answers there. Uh, they may, they, they, some may come easier than others. God's word doesn't spell out every answer for us in perfect detail for every situation we'll face. But he does give us a, a glimpse of what his kingdom looks like. He gives a scripture points us to Christ, who is the, the image of the invisible God and the perfect representation of his character. The son of God himself who took on flesh to be like one of us, to save us and to redeem us. That's what scripture reveals to us. And so no matter what challenges we face, no matter what questions we have, God has given us his word so that we can know him and we can navigate those questions in a faithful and Christ-centered way. And so as we wrap up this series this morning, as we, for, for one more time in this Tough Question series, take a, take a deep look into God's Word and, and what it means for us, I encourage you to, to continue that mindset. Continue to have a biblical worldview and ground your thinking in, in the words of God and Scripture. And if we do that, then we're going to be prepared. We're going to be ready for whatever questions may come up. And because we know, we know that they will. And so that's, that's my hope and my prayer for us for, for this day and for all the days to come, that we will be grounded in God's word. And so that's exactly what we want to do here today. Uh, spiritual gifts in general are one of the, the most common questions that, that often come up in conversations with people about uh, questions they have about the Bible. What, is, what are spiritual gifts? What, how does the Holy Spirit work in my life? And what does it look like for me to, to be used by God in that way? Uh, I think one of the reasons this question comes up so often is because uh, the Holy Spirit and in particular how, how he works in and through us is, is not something we can just nail down easily like we can with other questions about our faith. I think the Holy Spirit in, in our minds is something that is elusive, something that is hard to describe. And so therefore to try to have a clear and definitive answer of what it means for the Spirit to be present in your life and to work is sometimes elusive and, and difficult to describe as well. Uh, and, but, but that doesn't mean we can't try. That doesn't mean God's word doesn't have something for us to dive into here. And, that, and that's what I want to do this morning is dive into this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 and talk about uh, the purpose of spiritual gifts and then what they look like and, 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 and the, what the spiritual gifts actually, uh, how they work themselves out in our daily lives. And so we're going, to be, we're going to take a look at this passage. I encourage you to have your Bibles open. If you have one with you or grab one of the pew Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, because we're going to be working our way through this passage together. I'm going to start with the first, uh, the first purpose, the first reason that God gives us spiritual gifts and works through us in, such, in this way is to bring glory to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We see this in verses 1 through 3. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. You see, it's in and through the Spirit that we come to know the Lord. And, and he makes his truth evident and real in our lives. Jesus talks in the Gospel of John about how the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He is the, the Spirit of truth who will remind us of all of the, the things that Jesus taught his disciples. And it's the Spirit of truth that guides us in that and helps us to remember not only Jesus' teaching, but also how to live them out. He is our, our guide and, and our connection to the Lord in that way. 
And so it's in and through the Spirit that we are then able to bring glory to God. Our spiritual gifts are, are given to us to point people to God and to glorify Him. In other words, you know, they're, they're not meant to be an end to themselves. Our spiritual gifts, whatever they may be, whatever they may be, whether they're obvious, whether they're maybe more background gifts, they're not meant to be ends in and of, in and of themselves. They're not, not meant to be, the gifts themselves are not the reason God gives them to us. He gives them to us so that through those gifts, through the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church, God is glorified and people are, 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 people are able to see the light of Christ shining through us. It's kind of similar to the purpose that miracles serve in, in the New Testament. Jesus, throughout his ministry, he healed people of diseases. He even um, brought people back to life, right? He, he, he cured people. He did amazing things. But those miracles were not meant to be ends in and of themselves. The purpose of the miracles wasn't just so a sick person could be well, wasn't just so a dead person could be brought back to life, wasn't so that 5,000 people who were hungry one afternoon could be fed, right? Those were all good things and good things that came out of them. But the miracles were meant ultimately to point people to God, to prove that Jesus himself is the son of God and that, that, that Jesus's, um, and so Jesus' miracles were meant to be evidence of that reality. And so in the same way, our spiritual gifts are not meant to be ends in and of themselves. God doesn't equip people with amazing musical talent to lead people in worship just for that purpose. God doesn't give people the ability to stand and to, to preach from God's word just for that purpose. The, 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 the purpose he gives us those things is so that ultimately people can be pointed to God and he would be glorified and not us. If, you're, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, another passage where the New Testament talks about spiritual gifts. In chapter 4, beginning with verse 9, Peter says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things, notice that, in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, I firmly believe that that the purpose of the, the ministry of this church is not meant to serve this church. The purpose of my ministry as pastor here in the church is not so that I would be, uh, be made known and that, that I would be uh, glorified. The church exists, pastoral ministry exists, lay ministry exists, not to bring glory to ourselves, but to point people to God. And so whatever gift or, or ability he's given you, it's not meant to be used for us, but it's meant to be used to glorify him. Another very, uh, very well-known and respected catechism of the church besides the Heidelberg is the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And that begins with a simple question and answer. What is the chief end of man? In other words, what is, what is mankind's purpose in this world? And the answer is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Right? To bring him glory, to point people towards him, and to enjoy, to, to, to find peace, to find joy and purpose in that relationship with him. 
It says here in these opening verses of 1 Corinthians 12 uh, that, that people were often led astray as that when they, while they were still pagans and influenced by, by these mute idols. Unfortunately, people in our world, we, we ourselves as Christians sometimes fall prey to this, and, and people outside of the church, of course, do. We try to find meaning and purpose in, in something else that we think is going to bring us joy. And that list is inexhaustible. I could stand here today for the rest of the time we have and start listing things that people try to find joy and meaning and purpose in. But I believe our ultimate purpose, the reason not only for these spiritual gifts, but the reason for our existence as well is so that we may know God and glorify him. And that is where we'll find true joy and lasting contentment. It's not in anything this world has to offer. It's not in personal glory or fame. It's in serving the Lord and bringing glory to him. When we do that, we'll find true peace and true joy. So the first purpose of these spiritual gifts is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. The second purpose is, is to build up the church. We see this in verse 7. It says, Now to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, God gives us spiritual gifts not for ourselves, as we've already talked about, but for the good of those around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. In Ephesians 4, Paul once again, is, is speaking of the, the, the topic of spiritual gifts, says this, beginning in verse 11. It's Ephesians 4, verse 11. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the presence of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Did you catch that? The reason God gives spiritual gifts such as preachers and teachers and apostles and evangelists is so that God's people may be equipped in order to build up the church, right? It's about the edification of the church. It's about helping other people grow in their faith. Your spiritual gifts are not for you. They're not for your benefit alone. God wants to work through you in order to bless those around you. That includes your brothers and sisters in Christ who are sitting in the pew or the chairs next to you. And it also includes people outside of the church in the community and in the world. God gifts us in order to bless those. He has blessed those who, we ha- who he has placed around us. So God wants you to live out your calling. God wants you to live out your purpose in order to bless others. But the, the, the opposite of that is true, unfortunately, as well. When we don't use our spiritual gifts, we are depriving our brothers and sisters in Christ of a blessing. When we know that God has gifted us in a certain way and we don't put that into practice, we're depriving those around us. That's a sad thought because we do that all the time, don't we? We, we do that. We, we, we know that God has called us to do something, to live in a certain way, to, to offer something up whether it's here at the church or in the community as a whole, and then we don't do it, there's other people that are missing out as a result of that. And so the challenge here, the call is is to remember that that God has gifted you to, to glorify him and to build up the church. And when we don't put those gifts into practice, we're really doing ourselves and each other in this church a disservice. And so I want to challenge you today as we, as we continue our conversation on spiritual gifts and what that looks like to think about how God has gifted you. What do you think your spiritual gifts may be? 
How has God created you in a unique and individual sort of way that, that something that you can bring to the table that no one else can? And I want to encourage you to find ways to then use that and put it into practice. And these gifts, as, as a part of that too, to, to be used for the common good meant, means they're to be used in community. In other words, we can't use our spiritual gifts for the common good if we aren't here together as the body of Christ. We're called to be in community with one another and to use our gifts here in the church. We see that in, uh, later on in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 28. It says, And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping and guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Right? He's placed them in the church, meant to be used here in this place, within the body of Christ. And when we are not here, we are, again, missing out on something. When you're not here, people are missing out on what you can bring to the table. We're called to be the body of Christ. The First Corinthians 12, that, that section, the second half of the chapter, Paul develops a, a detailed analogy of the, body, the, the believers, the church as the body of Christ. And spiritual gifts representing different body parts, right? Hands, feet, eyes, ears, noses, right? They all serve a different purpose within the body and all are uniquely gifted to fulfill that purpose in a way that other body parts can't. But think about that. I think as the body of Christ, we are, we're missing parts at times, aren't we? When, we? when we choose not to exercise our spiritual gifts, it's like trying to go through life missing one leg. It makes things a lot more difficult. And a lot harder for the rest of the body to function as it should. And so God has given each one of us, and we'll talk about it in just a moment, different spiritual gifts, and they look different, and, 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 and he's gifted us all in unique ways. And when you are not here, when you're not using that gift, the rest of the church is missing out. But what a blessing when you are here. What a joy when, when, when your gifts are put to use, when, when you serve, the, serve God by serving the church in that way. What a joy, what a blessing that is, and, and what a, a great testimony to, to God's grace and his work in your life when, when we put those gifts to work. And the last thing about, about being used for the common good, it all must be done in love. 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter immediately following this passage on spiritual gifts is commonly referred to as the, the love chapter, right? It's often read at weddings and, and people think about it in context of of the sort of romanticized version of love. But Paul here is speaking not specifically to husbands and wives, he's speaking to the church, to the body of believers. And the opening verses of chapter 13 teach us about how we should exercise our gifts, what it looks like for believers uh, to, to live out their gifts and their callings in this way. And what he says, the main point here, is when we do it without love, when we're not doing it within the context of God's love in our lives overflowing everywhere else, then we're missing out. And it's, and, it's, and it's useless and possibly even destructive then to use our gifts without love. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, you could be the most gifted individual in this room. 
You could be the most talented person you've ever met, but if you're not using those gifts and those talents within the context of God's love, we're missing the point. It's God's love in your life, your experience and, and, and the presence of God's love in your life that then should overflow into the lives of others through the gifts and talents that he's given you, through those opportunities to bless and serve others. And when God's love is, is absent from that, we're missing the point. And so God gives us these gifts to bring glory to him and then ultimately also to build up the church through, through, through the, the working of the spiritual gifts in the context of his love. But what are these spiritual gifts? What, what, what are they? I want to first of all make a distinction between simple natural talent and, and, and the fruits of the spirit and spiritual gifts. Right? All people have been created in God's image, whether they're believers or not, whether they've been redeemed and born again. All people have been created in God's image, and that means they've been created with certain gifts and talents and, and, and abilities that reflect God's creative nature and the calling to be stewards of the creation that God has placed us in. So all people have certain natural abilities and talents um, and, and that, are, that are independent of our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. There are talented musicians, there are talented teachers, there are talented administrators, uh, people who serve others. That, those are all possible to be done apart from God. Uh, but when done apart from him, it doesn't bring him glory and, and aren't used to build up the church. But, but we all have certain gifts and abilities that, that are, are talents, I should say, that have been given to us that, that are simply a part of that common grace that God has bestowed on all of his creation. But then the fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts are something that God has blessed His people with. Those who have been given the Holy Spirit in a relationship with God have been blessed with these things. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are things, those are characteristics that, that God works in each and every one of His people and develops in them as, as our relationship with Him grows and as He sanctifies us. More, and, and helps us to become more and more like him. In other words, those sort of things are meant to be present in the lives of all believers. So unfortunately, you can't say kindness is not your spiritual gift and then just go on being a jerk to people, right? That is not the way it works. We're all meant to be kind. We're all meant to be patient and loving. Those are, those are things that God works in all of his people because those are, that's what Jesus is like and our calling is to be like him. But then... To another degree are the spiritual gifts, and that's what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians 12. Things that were given to, to his people to fulfill his purposes. We see, we see glimpses of this in the Old Testament. God giving a spirit to particular people at particular times for particular purposes. Think of Samson and his life. It says that the spirit of the Lord would come on him in order to give him strength to accomplish the mission God had given him. People like um, Bezalel in, in, in Exodus chapter 31, who, who the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in order to create uh, parts of the tabernacle for God's people in the wilderness. But then in the New Testament, at the day of Pentecost, we see something change, where instead of God's Spirit being given to certain people at certain times, God, God's, God's Spirit is given to all of God's people all the time. We see the Spirit of God descending and dwelling in His people and enabling them to do uh, do things in order to build up his kingdom. 
And we see that continuing throughout the book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament. And so these spiritual gifts are, are as it says here in verse 7, manifestations of the Spirit. It's, it's, it's the evidence. It's, it's God working through you by His Holy Spirit to bring about His will and His purposes in this world. And it says that they're given to all of God's people, to everyone, to each one within the church. You see it in verses 6 and 7 as well as verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. Right? This isn't something that's just for the clergy, right? The paid professional Christians. I say that sarcastically. It's not just for elders or deacons or trustees. These are for all people. If you've given your life to Christ, if you, if you are a follower of Jesus, then your, his spirit lives in you and he has given you a gift. And they're given, as it says in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12, at the spirit's discretion. In other words, we don't choose the gift. I didn't wake up one day and say, I, I want to be a preacher <laughs> or I want to I want to be a pastor of a church. Right. That was something that God had had placed on my heart and given and, and, and worked in me through the presence of the Holy Spirit. It says that he he distributes them as he sees fit according to his will. And it's amazing to see the the, the diversity that that the spirit works within a given church. Because we not only are we created differently and given different natural talents, but, but the Spirit works in us in different ways to bring about different spiritual gifts, all to be part of the one body of Christ that he's created not only here in New Knoxville, but around the world. This summer, in, in kind of preparation of this message, I asked our elders to do a spiritual gift inventory, just a, a survey that asks questions to get people thinking about what their spiritual gifts may be. And we took time to, to talk about that and share that. And it was amazing to see just within that group there the diversity of gifts and the way that God had, had equipped each one of them to serve in their own unique way. But that's not true just for elders. That's true for you as well. God has gifted you and, and, and equipped you to serve in your own unique way as well. It's all about a willingness and a trust in the Spirit, in God's presence in our lives, and a willingness to step out in faith to serve in those ways. There are different gifts, but it's one Spirit, one God who works in us to bring them about. And all gifts, regardless of recognition or of of our perceived value, are important and necessary for the purposes of God. There are upfront gifts and background gifts, right? There are gifts that seem maybe more obvious than others. Gifts like, like teaching, evangelism, even leading in worship. Things that people see on a regular basis, we often give more value to those things. But that's just a human perspective. There are many gifts that we don't always see that are, that are just as, if not more important on a day-to-day basis than those upfront gifts. Gifts like willingness to serve to help others fulfill their calling and their purpose in this world. The gift of hospitality. There are many of you who are just so generous with your time and able to just make people feel welcome. That That is a spiritual gift in and of itself. There's the gift of giving. The ability that God gives certain people to just give above and beyond ordinary means in order to, to accomplish His will in this world is just... Is, is, a, is a beautiful and wonderful thing that hardly ever gets seen or noticed. Those are all spiritual gifts that God works in his people for his glory and for the good of the church. And so I want to encourage you. There's, there's uh, 
1 Corinthians 12, there's Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, all these passages that talk about spiritual gifts. I encourage you to take a look at them. Uh, read them over. Do a, do a quick Google search and, 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 uh, or on a Bible gateway or something that can bring up these passages. Uh, read about them because there's just a variety of gifts, some ordinary, some more extraordinary, but God brings all of them and uses all of them to accomplish his will in this world. And just on a, on a quick note, as we wrap up here, I want to I encourage you to, to use them. I talked already about the importance of, of, of using your spiritual gifts within the context of the church. Uh, but what does it mean for, for me? What does it mean for you to, to figure that out for yourself? How do we know what our spiritual gifts are and how can we put them into practice? Well, first of all, you need to pray. It is God's spirit that distributes these gifts. It's his presence in our lives that, that bring these gifts about. And so the best way for you to, to figure out what your spiritual gifts are are to talk to the one who gave them to you, to pray, to ask God to, to show you, to, to help you to understand, to reflect on how he has created you, to how, what your temperaments are like, how he's used you in the past are all indications of how he wants to use you in the future. I talked about natural talents versus spiritual gifts. I, th- I see more often than not that the natural talents God has given you, he wants to transform and use his spiritual gifts in his church within the context of the church. So he, he, may has bl- he may have blessed you to be an excellent musician. Use that for God's glory. He may have blessed you with the ability to serve others in a, in a humble way, with a humble heart. Use that for his glory and for the good of the church. In other words... Try it out. Put it into practice. Give it a shot. You won't know what your spiritual gift is until you try it by God's grace to use it. And sometimes things click and it works great. Sometimes you try something out and you realize, nope, that was not it. But that's all part of the learning process and that's okay. And so try something out. Give something a shot and serve God in that way. Don't let the body of Christ go into atrophy. Earlier this spring, Josephine broke her arm. She was playing on a swing set, fell, and, and fractured her upper arm, and she had to spend a good six or so weeks in a, in a cast. And what happens, right, when you can't use your arm very well, your muscles begin to atrophy from disuse. You lose strength, and you're not able to do things that you once were able to do. Unfortunately, when we, when we don't use our spiritual gifts, the body of Christ goes into atrophy, right? We're not able to do things we once were able to do. And so don't, don't let the body of Christ lose its strength. Instead, let's put our gifts into practice in order to build up the strength and accomplish God's purpose and will in this world. We can't do that alone. We need each other. And we can't do it in our strength. We need to rely on the Spirit. Let's do that together. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the gift of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us each spiritual gifts to glorify you and to build up the church. I pray that each one of us would discover that for ourselves, would seek you out and put them into practice so that this church may, may grow and, and, and be strengthened by your spirit's work in us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand in in closing. Let's sing number 455. Come all Christians, be committed.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may go in peace.